Good morning or good afternoon wherever you are and welcome to the Shepherd Defence podcast. This time we are coming to you from sunny Abu Dhabi having just spent the week at IDEX and NAVDEX and joining me today is uh, my venerable colleague Norbert Newman. Norbert, I would say welcome to the show but you've been on it before. Hey hey, good morning. It's it's good to be here and today I think we're going to kind of run down all of the stuff we've seen this week which has been I mean it's safe to say quite a lot of stuff there's uh, concepts up to our eyeballs uh, stands and thousands of steps have been walked so we're we're all feeling a little bit crispy which might uh, come through in some of the the quality of the analysis but hopefully uh, we're able to give kind of people who weren't able to make it all the way to IDEX and Labdex a bit of a round of of the show so I suppose the first thing I mean I don't know if if you want to go first, Norbert, the first thing that kind of stood out for you this week? Yeah, I'm going back to the point that it was a it was a long week. I don't think I can do another 16,000 step day. It's just uh, I think four of them were, were quite enough. Um, and yeah, what stood out? The, the show was very interesting. You know, being my first IDEX, obviously, was plenty to see. It was uh, quite interesting to see Russian uh, Rus- a Russian pavilion. You know, both inside and outside. Uh, equally, the Chinese presence was huge, which you know you can't can't really see anywhere, not even in um, European trade shows, obviously. And um, and 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 you know, at the same time, it wasn't really a trade show of of you know very serious contracts or new platforms. It was more like you know the the, the sense uh, uh, what I what I sort of got from uh, from many companies. It was more like to do business with each other. You know, plenty of MOUs uh, were signed, and I think we can expand on that uh, later on. Um, but I, but I think this sort of summarizes my 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 general feeling of the of the show. Yeah, I think that's a, a good thing to raise. Was the um, the Russian pavilion kind of uh, tucked outside? I mean, it's it's not really a surprise that they're here, given. Um, given the kind of the, the neutrality of the country and and I suppose um, no matter what's happening in Ukraine they're still doing deals with other countries not necessarily here but uh, so other countries in other parts of the world but it was certainly a, 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 I suppose uh, a bit of a shock to the system to, to see it's not like um, something we get at uh, European trade shows so I think there was also one thing that really stood out which was um, kind of the the, the, the sheer kind of i suppose kind of obvious goodwill between the the israeli companies and the 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 gulf companies that now kind of ever since the abraham accords the it's it seems to be a totally new dynamic i mean you've got all of these companies coming together and partnering on systems the the uh there was a deal for a new uh usv it was a joint uh a joint uh, project between the uh, the Israelis and uh, and the, the Gulf countries, and it's it's really interesting to see how quickly that dynamic has shifted. I mean, the um, I suppose Israeli equipment has always been here, but uh, maybe not to the extent that it's in the forefront these days. And I think it's something that's um, it's it's something that's going to be a really interesting dynamic to watch moving forward. How that security relationship unfolds, because you know naturally there's the the kind of the i suppose the, the the boogeyman in in the region is iran and if these countries can kind of join forces in in terms of defense equipment and and how they're looking to defend themselves it's uh it's going to be a really interesting one to watch play out i don't know if you um kind of had a look and saw that as well 
I mean, the dynamics are, are definitely very interesting. You know, as, as you say, probably, you know, a few number of years ago, you couldn't have seen a, 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 that sort of Israeli presence, you know, at all, let alone, you know, a massive area, one hole just dedicated for Israeli kit, Israeli companies. And as you say, very clearly doing business with, uh, with, uh, with the Emiratis, with Saudi Arabia. And, uh, uh, yeah, and they seem to be doing, doing quite well. Um, on the dynamics, I would I would say that you know, I, I talked to a few people, and what they what they sort of said is that, you know, lots of companies are here, lots of companies brought their their stuff and and booked uh, pavilions, booths, and stands because obviously they had to had to sign up two years ago at the last IDEX, which was fairly quiet because it was still you know COVID times. Um, but what, what what they think is that this show was more like a business making thing. Also, because um, the urgency, the, the dynamics lay in uh, in Europe these days. So, as, as you may remember, uh, when we were at Eurosatory last summer, it was very hectic. You could see that everybody was, you know, on the edge. Everybody was talking about Ukraine all the time. And here in this region, there is currently not, uh, you know, just no sense of urgency that they really need to do something. They do do business, right? They do uh, uh, modernize. They do expand. They 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 they. To develop their own stuff and they buy uh, things from foreign uh, countries as well, but just simply not in not that pace that that you you see in, in Europe. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting point, and we uh, we had a few conversations on the show floor, didn't we, about how um, the I suppose the dynamic is evolving and how the, the I suppose the center of gravity of uh, of defense has shifted over time. I know. Uh, especially like you say last year at Eurostatory there was a for, for obvious reasons a, a natural sense of kind of uh, get up and go from the European countries to kind of get get systems guys like you say I mean when you say deal making it's totally is I mean the the amount of um, MOUs signed between the Western companies and uh, the Emiratis was staggering staggering you had GM Defence signing an MOU with Tawazan to explore their kind of how they can cooperate you had uh, BAE systems uh, signing the the uh, the deal with uh, edge group and that's that's a really interesting uh, dynamic as well because you know it's no longer a case that western companies say hi UAE here's 10,000 tanks thanks for the money see you later when you need an MOU so you need an MLU not a not an MOU they've signed loads of ML loads of MOUs uh, when you need an upgrade, you know where we are, and you know where to get your ammunition from. the The dynamic has totally, totally changed. It's now, you know, if you want to do business here, you have to partner and you have to bring value, and that dynamic is is very different to how it's been in the past. But also, I mean, it's it's not unsurprising, you know. <clears throat> lots of these countries in the Gulf are trying to diversify their economies, and and if you can get uh, a thriving defence industry, like many countries in the West do, debatable if the UK does, they've got lots of very very good capabilities but sometimes not the investment that that really does give them another pillar to their economy so that they can kind of build industrial bases and then you know the goal for a lot of these countries is to be, for these companies is to become major players in themselves you know edge i remember when it kind of first was founded as the conglomerate it, you know people were saying they wanted it to be the kind of the lockheed martin of of the middle east and it seems to be that with these mous and these partnerships they're really taking steps to um get themselves on that journey i mean one kind of major bit of news from the show was the fact that edge has signed an export deal 
uh, sorry, Abu Dhabi Shipbuilding, which is part of Edge, has signed an export deal to sell uh, sell free ships and a number of boats to the Angolan Navy, which is traditionally, you know, this is this is uh, the biggest uh, export contract in in Edge and Abu Dhabi Shipbuilding's history, and that's really a sign that, you know, even though these companies, I suppose, um, kind of in their infancy in terms of their their current form that they're really starting to kind of steal a march on some of the competition that have been there for, for quite a long time. Yeah, is there anyone that uh, didn't sign an MOU with uh, Edge on this show? <laughs> Joke besides, uh, they do, they, they, they do loads of business. But as you say, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, not enough just to bring, bring your kit here. The UAE really wants to take part in, you know, in defense procurement, in developing their own systems as well, and working, you know, and attracting foreign investors. And this is, you know, a part of uh, Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi's uh, economic vision 2030 they just call it sometimes vision 2030 it's you know about basically building an open efficient and effective uh, uh, global integrated business environment and that includes defense as well I think um, they want to bump up their defense spending over the next uh, five years as well and uh, yeah attracting foreign investment, diversifying their portfolio and, you know, slightly trying to move away from just relying very heavily on oil production. Yeah, and it's, 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 nothing, it's nothing that's never been done before. You know, the West, technology transfer, uh, building stuff in-house is something that's, that all Western countries seek to do. And, and you know, as these countries to, to develop their economies, you know, it makes perfect sense that they'd want to do that. I mean, you've got... You've got uh, an environment where there's so much money that can be invested into the development of defense capabilities. And, and, and you see that from some of the R&D that's going on, you know, sometimes hard to distinguish between what's, uh, what's just a concept that's been mocked up and what's a, a real system. But, you know, I've, I think I've seen more concepts coming out of the Emirati concept company this week than I've seen coming out of some uh, Western defense companies in the entire time that I've been working in this industry. They've got, you know, when you can afford to, you can really, really develop capabilities. And when you're coming at it from kind of, well, I suppose is a, a kind of a, almost um, almost starting afresh, you know, with these developments of capabilities. This it's really interesting some of the stuff that's going on, and there's, I suppose, quite nimble as well. You know, the amount of concepts of of loitering munitions and UAVs and kind of systems that the west is also producing but i mean the this this just the sheer scale of the amount of concepts was pretty mind-boggling also in terms of you know future technologies or technologies that are still you know largely in the making or or, or we have very impressive elements of those like ai uh, digital twin and and sort of integrating multi multiple sort of technologies you know the uae uh, provides a really good ground for those you know for those things like if you look at dubai it's a very advanced city right it's like a 50 55 years old uh, uh city as as we know it now but it's 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 extremely extremely advanced and smart you know the metro system is is sort of connected integrated with, into the highway system and i think plans are to to sort of get the police involved in that as well so you know you would have a massive uh, uh network of of of, of sort of technologies and 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 uh, and parts of the city that are 
all connected, linked together. You know, they can they can review everything that's happening on those, and these and this will have you know major def- defense implications. Let that be you know multi-domain integration, uh, multi-domain training environment, synthetic, uh, uh, you know, synthetics AI. It's just you know. The, in a way, the UAE has done more in the in the past 10, 20 years that other countries did in the past 60 years. Yeah, you're you're totally right about that. And the, and the interesting thing is that you know in the in the in the region too, it's it's not just kind of the US or the UK and France kind of like looking to sell here. There's the the range of countries that are getting deals and signing MOUs and winning contracts is incredible. I know you wrote about the, the um, well, I think, do they refer to this, the South Korean Patriot or is that something that's going to upset uh, KAI? I don't know. Yeah, uh, LIG, next one, uh, they dubbed their, um, the air defense system, their SAM system, uh, the, the, the Korean Patriot. And uh, the UAE has bought it. Um, they, sound, they signed the contract in 2020 and uh, the company also started delivering it. Uh, and it, I think and they would do the last batch in 2025, although they wouldn't say how many of the systems were actually sold. But we, what we know, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly large contract, 3.5 billion. And the government is very confident that they will be also um, selling to uh, Saudi Arabia uh, next year or the, the year after the latest. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was also very interesting that you can, you can see as that, you know, Russia is sort of embryoed in... in, in, in um, in sanctions, you know, companies try to find a gap in their market because obviously, obviously, nobody really wants to buy from Russia anymore. Um, some some companies or some countries may choose not to do from Israel for political reasons, and U.S. or European kit might be a bit too expensive for them. And that's where you know you see Turkey coming in with their stuff. You see South Korea and Singapore and other you know countries, but we don't talk about that much these days. Yeah, and it's 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 evident in so many so many pieces of equipment like the uh, the Saudi. Um the Saudi multi-mission surface combatants. I mean, I didn't speak about speak to anyone about it this week. Uh, I would have liked to, but just didn't get the time. Um, but I think it's kind of emblematic of this approach of we will take kind of the best from everywhere and then integrate it all together. So, you know, those Saudi ships that are being built, there's four of them. They're being built in the US by Fincantieri Marinette Marine. They're based on the, the Freedom Class LCS, but they've got Hensolt radar from Germany. They've got... Um, MBDA CAM missiles, which I suppose are being built in Italy. Uh, I think Leonardo guns. Like as you, as you see all of this equipment, it's not just single source and certain com- countries. It's it's really kind of this panoramic view that there's kind of you, you can almost get the idea that they're looking out and saying what's the best and also affordable in every area and kind of picking it and then merging it together and i suppose that'll be an interesting dynamic in the as these mous come to come to pass as well as to how these systems may be taken from other countries then get blended together and become i suppose over time kind of um indigenous uh kind of emirati capabilities as interesting, you, you mentioned uh, integration, you know, as, as you say, they buy kit from everywhere, but also they, they try to sort of uh, cooperate with, uh, with international organizations to sort of uh, develop their own stuff. And, you know, integration and, and interoperability is very much a thing here. I don't know how many uh, conversations you, you had around that, but, you know, 
when we talk about you know NATO or their cl- very close allies, interoperability is at the forefront of every discussion. Um, and, and and they try to bring that here too. You know, I, I, so many companies try to you know sell their capabilities or already are selling their capabilities to, to you know to help the UAE co- cooperate and you know do exercises and and be able to fight together with the US in particular, but but you know most NATO allies as well. Yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right about that. And then um, what's also interesting is is the the new capability areas. You know, we. Uh, briefly mentioned loitering munitions earlier but obviously i mean systems are pretty pretty much everyone knows what they are and everyone i suppose wants them seeing how uh, valuable they've been in uh, uh, in the uh, in the east of ukraine and i don't know if you saw it on the edge stand there was that huge loitering munition launcher and i suppose this is the this is the point as well right it's that western countries these mous don't necessarily just mean western stuff coming into the uae it also means other stuff can go backwards. And so I was speaking to GM Defence about their kind of vision for how they're going to work with uh, Tawazan and, and build that relationship with the UAE. Um, and that's very much about there's UAE interest in GM Defence vehicles, their electric drive capabilities, maybe even kind of the, the, some of the hydrogen fuel cell work they're doing. But also, you know, there's plenty of systems that are made by EDGE, whether it's turrets, loitering munitions, uh, munitions UAVs that could all be um, integrated onto to what is a kind of a, a western platform and there's kind of no reason that can't go back the other direction and so given 10 years time you know I don't think it would be a surprise if some of these edge designed Emirati systems are starting to appear on on, on western vehicles you know it, it already happens with um IAI and Raphael and and lots of Israeli companies. There's there's uh, their, their their kit is kind of prevalent on all Western systems. You know whether it's Trophy APSs being put on Abrams Challenger free uh, uh, Leopard tanks. So you know you're going to get uh, Emirati equipment making its way back the other side. And I suppose it's you know it's a good thing for the defense industry that there's more ideas people bring different perspectives in terms of what's effective engineers have different viewpoints so it'll be interesting to see that dynamic of things going the other way and i suppose that's already been kicked off with the fact that just before the show uh, edge acquired a massive stake in milrem from estonia so you saw that on the on the edge stand and so that's another thing that's potentially going to be interesting to watch as that plays out is the fact that you know, this is a defence company, a country and a region with lots of money, uh, a willingness to div- diversify and develop new equipment. So maybe there will be more uh, Western providers of really interesting bits of kit being snapped up. Yeah, the transfer of technology is an interesting one. I'm, you know, I'd imagine that you know European defence companies have way more experience and knowledge, uh, just 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 simply because of the you know the time spent in uh, in developing and working on these things. But in, a, in another way that you know the UAE or or Edge, for example, could boost uh, um, European uh, defence capabilities, that it brings capital to the table. Just as you said, they they bought a massive share uh, in 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 Milram. And what they basically do when I talk to the companies, basically what they said that. That's their natural way of expanding the company, not just not just to grow organically, expanding you know their business units and and basically developing new systems, 
but also in, in you know, seeking out the greatest technology that's out there. As you said, they have the resources, they bring the capital there, and they and they and they and I very much got the sense that they want to do a, a hands-off approach. You know, they really want to leave in the in the instance of of Miriam anyway. Uh, they want to leave the pre-acquisition team very intact. They they develop the system. They did the technology, so they want them to carry on doing what they did. Right? They really, they don't they, they don't want to uh, change anything because clearly Miriam is a very successful business with a very successful technology but then being money there would allow them to also diversify right to actually look into areas where they where they couldn't before so I think that's probably another way how the UAE could you know enhance defense capabilities and defense development elsewhere yeah absolutely and I think um, you know I think we've I suppose we've we've gone on quite a bit about the kind of the, the development of capabilities in the region and it is certainly a, a really interesting one to watch but I think given we've got probably about five minutes left I think we should maybe spend a little bit of time talking about China and the sheer amount of Chinese systems that were on show I mean you know us as uh, as defense journalists and also I suppose equipment nerds to a bit of an extent it's very rare that we get the opportunity to see some of these models and, and mock-ups and systems on display also I mean sometimes I don't have a clue what I'm looking at because we get so little news that it's hard to know what's what's new and what's not but nonetheless it's very interesting and there was so much stuff you know from rotary wing UAS drones rocket launchers shoulder-mounted missiles that look suspiciously like javelins and uh, a robot dog that I almost fell over while I was walking around the show. It's, they've got capabilities in every domain and they are clearly, you know, they're here to stay, they're here to sell and there is interest in their equipment. I don't know what you thought when you were having a, a kind of a wander around their, their pavilions. Yeah. Especially the Chinese um, area of the show was very impressive. The, the sheer volume of kit they brought was was mind-boggling, you know. And then, as you said previously, you don't really know whether some of the systems are real or just mock-ups, you know, black, white boxes uh, with, a, with a nice piece of paper put next to them. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to anyone. They w- weren't particularly hospitable. You know, when I went to their stand, you know, they, they, they weren't particularly keen in talking to me. Once they learned that I was a journalist, uh, the sort of enthusiasm fall, has fallen even further. Um, but it was very, very interesting to see. And, you know, I don't know, as you said, the UAE tries to stay neutral. Right? doesn't really take part in, in the, you know, doesn't really have a stance and, uh, in, the, in the war in Ukraine. But you, you didn't see that much of a buzz in neither of those pavilions, the Chinese or the Russian, because... I don't know, it just didn't seem like they were very actively doing business with anyone. And I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure they are very much doing business with, with many other countries in the region, but it, it just didn't seem, they just didn't seem to display that, that very much. I don't know what experience you had when you, when you showed up in their uh, stands. Well, uh, I, I didn't really speak to anyone. I took a lot of pictures and tried to grab as many product sheets as I could, to be honest. But um, I, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, the most interesting thing to me was that... Um, the fact that I suppose it's it's becoming China is kind of becoming, or I suppose has been for a while. You can the, the the kind of de facto alternative, right? If you if you can't afford Western systems because the West tends to make everything very exquisite and very expensive, and and for for good reason, 
because it you know in 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 nato militaries protecting the life of the 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 the, the personnel is number one and obviously capability probably joint number one as well so joint number one capability and protecting the person you know that that means that the stuff is expensive and not everyone can afford that so especially now given the security situation you know if you're a country with a limited defense budget who do you turn to to um to buy your systems from and there's only really one place you can go which is china or you know as this dynamic of the uae and the gulf countries defense industries enlarging that becomes that will become an interesting alternative down the line depending on uh, how the the cost scales of of gulf produced systems or gcc produced systems that will be an interesting one to watch but you know the, the chinese have got capabilities in every single area and that's evident by the fact that it's being sold across the world and i think one of the big things is that it, it's affordable and i think that's an interesting uh, challenge that is maybe getting above our heads and into the realms of politics is that you know if you if so defense ultimately and defense industries ultimately are, are kind of an arm of foreign policy and so i think the west is going to have to kind of have a discussion with itself about how it approaches arms sales to to other countries if it wants to kind of maintain influence to an extent but that means that maybe you're going to have to look into kind of preferential deals and cost scales and things like that so i don't know if i've gone on a weird tangent about foreign policy and defense but um i i think there's something to think about there i don't think i've articulated it very well but there's something in that yeah i mean that's a that's a very interesting one but i think it's not only china i think there are several other countries that could sort of edge themselves in and find that gap in between you know buying very expensive very capable US or European kit and and go to the you know other side of the spectrum uh by from China or or or, or Russia for example um I think Turkey is clearly doing a very good job in trying to replicate capabilities uh, uh you know you know the top capabilities on a, in a more affordable prices and as I said South Korea is trying to do that as well South Korea Seoul is on a mission as well to sort of diversify their defense portfolio to sort of homegrown uh, very capable air defense systems uh, uh, and uh, various other other kit as well so you know interesting China is clearly a very successful you know uh, um, country it's it's really growing it's developing new capabilities you know but by the end of this year if they if they carry on producing the amount of aircraft they did in the in the past five years they will exceed you know the number of uh, uh, fifth generation aircrafts that the that the US has so yeah clearly china is developing it's growing uh, uh, its defense capabilities very quickly um but i think the US i would imagine the US will be on a mission and try and would try to sort of you know persuade countries to look elsewhere i think you could see it last week in aero india as well that you know the 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 US has showed up with the F16s with the F35s F18s uh, and various other you know aircraft to try to sort of sway India to look to look to look further away from from China great and um, with that i suppose it's time to uh end it for the day uh thank you all for listening uh this has been another uh, magnificent episode of the shepherd defense podcast brought to you by 
Shepherd Studio and our venerable producer Jack who has been keeping a close eye on us while we've been sat on the sofas in our hotel uh, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and uh, hopefully next time we'll have an equally interesting discussion with as many tangents that are hopefully useful Norbert do you want to say your goodbyes as well yeah thanks very much hey thanks Jack um, have a safe trip home <laughs> <laughs>